Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have the final, um, what would you call it, Craig? What's it, the final? Final episode of LSU. It's not the final. It's the yeah, up to date. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's where Ellis is at as of right now. Exactly. That. It's like story yeah. to now. <laughs> yeah. And so we love Ellis Yon. He's such a great guy to have on the show. So much fun to be with. Always excited. Always into lighting. And you know what? We did episode one, which was really mind-blowing because you take macroeconomic history of the Chinese people's, um, uh, the, uh, the great proletariat cultural revolution that he went through, and you actually get the micro story of it. What a, what a great blessing in part one. Then in part two, you know, we kind of saw him that transition from living in China to living in America. And then part three is how we built TCP. And I can't decide whether or not part one or three is my favorite. The middle one was like a transition. Like you got to America. We all know what that's like right? Learned how to use a knife and fork. Okay, cool. Then he started TCP and it was really a good episode, Greg. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. And he talked about the name of the company before it became TCP and then everything that went into converting it over to TCP. So very interesting. Worth another listen. Yeah, for sure. And of course, this episode of the show is brought to you by TCPI.com, Greg. Yeah, they had their shirt on or Ellis did on, on the podcast said the craziest people in lighting. And I don't know if crazy is the word, but I mean, I'm telling you, they, they know lighting better than just about anybody out there. One of their products that we're focused on today is this QSOL lamp. Uh, now, what it is is UV and blue-free LED tube. It's type A, type B, 3K, 4K, 5K, 97 CRI. No one else has that that I've seen. Prove me wrong if somebody else knows about it, but they have it. It's a unique lamp. You can see right on the, on the page that blue-free light. Okay, so what, what, what color temperature is that, though? Is it different color temperatures or is it one three, color four temperature? Three, four, and five. Three, four, and wow. five. Yeah. So they have all those. So that's one example. Another example, Mike, do you remember how Ellis started the show off air? What he said to you? Going to make what? I can't remember. Oh, he's going to make me Par some bulbs from part 20 spot. Yeah, yeah. He's just going to make them for me as a gift. But what color? Like you wanted something specific and? 27K spot part 20. Yeah, I'm calling him out. No, I'm not at because he actually made me MR16s. And I felt bad. Yeah. I felt bad because he, he had made me the MR16s. And I was actually talking about kind of the MR16s, but what I actually needed was par 20. So sorry, sorry, Ellis. But I wanted 27K par 20 spot, like nine degree spot. But he made him an MR16, which I'm still taking from him anyway, by the way. <laughs> and the, the whole point of this is the fact that he does do that and he can do that in their company. Oh. That's how. So right there gives you a yeah. good indication what they're about. Yeah, this is, the, this is a top dog in lighting, folks. I think, I think so. He knows the most um, in all different ways. So go to tcpi.com, Greggy. And of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors nailed. Hey, there we are, rocking and rolling. Uh, you got to join us. It's just time. We got so much great stuff cooking. It's just time to get into nailed. Um, and uh, yeah, so enjoy the show. Welcome back, Alice Yon. Thank you for inviting me back. Okay. So I want to get into the, my favorite part of uh, when we were just talking before the show about 20th century Chinese history. What I, what, what I find the most interesting point is, um, is when Deng declares to become rich is glorious, somewhere 1979, 1980. 
Now, whether or not he actually said this is controversial, right? They don't know for sure whether he actually made this announcement. But the, in, in, the, in the cultural idea of history, let's just assume that Deng said to become rich is glorious. Where are you in 1979 when they meet at the White House with Richard Nixon and Jimmy Carter and all that? Are you in America yet? Uh, yes. I don't, I don't remember exactly which day, but I was here 1979, September 17th. That's uh, when I arrived here. I think it happened, I don't remember, is it before or after that? But uh, to answer your question, it's, 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 uh, you're absolutely correct. It's uh, fascinating. The reason for that is since 1949 all the way to 1979 or 1976 or 1976 or 1977 range, the entire country in China, what people were considered at that time, economy was not a topic or issue or anything on the agenda. The people living standard is not on agenda. The entire society is under what we call political class, one class against the other, which means working class against non-working class. That has been going on for the daily and monthly and yearly. That being said, when the Teng Xiaoping come back, and look at this whole thing, say, you know what? Uh, uh, we, we need to change this, okay? Because obviously it didn't work because people uh, were not having good life. Some people were still starving, not enough food. So that being said, when he comes back, so we have to change all those. But just imagine since 1949 up to 1976, 1970s, the whole country never talking about Economy already talking about how pretty politically they fight against each other. So they didn't know what to do. Get rich or glorious if for anybody except the Teng Xiaoping, anybody make that comment at that time will end up in jail. Come on, Zhou Enlai could have said it. Right? I mean, Mike what about Zhou? What about a Zhou Enlai? Z H O U Enlai. He could have said it too. He could have right. said it. He was, a, he was a prime minister. I mean, only people at that level, mm-hmm. top level. Otherwise, if I say something like that at that time, oh my God, I, mm. I'm pretty sure I'm end up in jail. Mm. That's number one. Number two, when that concept come out, they didn't know what to do. Because by propaganda, they have to tell people, okay, what that means. So when Teng Xiaoping come out say, uh, 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 get rich is glorious, everybody can't stand. So what are we supposed to do? They got to have some kind of supporting theory. I watch a, uh, a Chinese soap opera, you can call it a miniseries about Teng Xiaoping. When the concept come out, there's a large group of people literally dig into all the theories, articles, try to come out of some kind of foundation to tell people this is the right things to do. This is still under the guidance of the, of the, uh, of the uh, communist theory because it was shocking to everybody. It's like, Whoa. That's why uh, people didn't realize it was extremely difficult if without people like Teng Xiaoping have that kind of uh, vision 
or that kind of power. The power have the vision have to come together. Mm-hmm. If you have the vision, you have no power. You end up in jail. Mm-hmm. If you have the vision plus the power, say that's the way it is. Do it. That that's Man. how you that's how you start TCP. Correct. You have the vision. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And the power. Okay. So you're in America in 1979 and you start Correct. seeing this and you're still in touch Correct. with your family. Uh, oh, yes. At what point did you decide that it was time to start engaging? Because what they were talking about with Jimmy Carter and they even brought back Nixon in 1979. He even came to the meeting. Nixon came to the meeting with Deng Xiaoping and Jimmy Carter to normalize the relations between China and America. So that happens. I would say that TCP is a beneficiary of those meetings. I would say that TCP is a child of the normalization of relations between America and China, is it not? Correct. You're absolutely correct. Since 1979, let's say using 1979, even the Jimmy Carter, everything, everything, everybody was talking about that, normalized the relationship. However, it took a long time to change inside China. Like I mentioned that early, people didn't know what to do. So that took about five years. Mm. For the entire China, people realized, oh, I am able to form my own company or I'm able to make money, not end up in jail. Just, just get that concept. It took like five years. Because before that, let's face it, nobody wants to end up in jail, mm. right? Any that kind of concept end up in jail. So I will say really for common people start to loosen up. That was like uh, 83, 84 or 85 at that time. So you are absolutely correct. I was the lucky one because I was in the States. I graduated from college. I had, I had enough understanding about American culture and American so-called how people behave here. Uh, I, I, uh, my aunt was a tremendous amount of teacher. I tried to educate me stuff from how to eat the food, how to using forks. You know, people think, oh, what's a big deal? It is a big deal because if you go out with people, you mingle with people. If people think you are weird, you know, then, you know, people don't talk to you. That's what I'm saying. I had a tremendous amount of opportunity over there. That's the beginning. Then you see the China slowly open up. Then I was being approached by people here said, hey, Americans, hey, uh, can we do something over there? Is there any way you can help us kind of establish that kind of relationship? So I really took advantage of that. That's how so-called the business started. TCP started in 1993, but actually our business started in 1985-86. Uh, at that time, I'm kind of moving gutsy moves because in the 1960, 19, uh, 1995, 1996, Chinese government start just open up this uh, uh, concept to bring the overseas uh, business into China. So it was a form, so-called a joint venture. It was a brand new concept at that time. Okay, people say, what's a joint venture? Joint venture is if you give us the opportunity through what kind of investment, this and that, and able to, we allow you to form a company here. So in 1987, we formed, I was very weird at that time in Shanghai, was the 
very first one of the joint venture. It's a 50-50 split, not like today. At that time, the government must own 50%. You have no choice. Otherwise, don't do it. Not like today, you can own 100%, 50-50. So we put together 50-50, we only had 11 employees. So and, TCP was like a state-owned enterprise. Uh, no, 50% in China, not in the U.S. Remember. <laughs> no, what, what was it called? No, but in China, in China, like the, you, you always hear yeah. in the news about these state-owned enterprises in China, you know, that um, was TCP. Oh, yeah, at that time, the TCP, so-called a China operation, that joint venture, mm -hmm. TCP only owned 50% of that. The other okay. 50% owned by the government. Hmm. Wow. Okay, like, just like everybody else out there. And what was it called in 1986? Was it TCP from there? No, 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 no. Okay. We're not called TCP. Actually, we want like to make sure we like to understand that this is a business, doing business in China. It's called China Economic Exchange. Okay, and what was, was your what was your first? Uh, you said that people approached you. What was the first thing they approached you about? Do you remember? Oh, first like the first time it happened. Oh, very very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Um, some people have the used equipment. If you guys remember, we back in the in the eighties. <laughs> don't laugh. Uh, one <laughs> of the products called MR sixteen. Are people selling at a four bucks a piece, not twenty five cents. Four bucks, guys. Four bucks. <laughs> sure. Uh, somebody was very, very nice to me. We call alignment because, as you know, MR16 has a refractor, has a halogen bulbs, but it goes through a manufacturing process called alignment. That's why we set up the degree called the narrow, uh, called a flat, narrow flat, that kind of thing. It's called alignment. Mm -hmm. So somebody was very nice to, to me, gave me a set of that. That's what a, kind of one joint project in the United States end up with, with a joint venture in China. So we actually did something extremely simple, just put MR16 together. You can see manufacture MR16 and ship back to the U.S. And some of those uh, products uh, went back to the people who helped me so they can resell. And some of them we sold ourselves. So what were you doing That's as a job? And what, what did you do right out of college? Were you involved in lighting or did you, is that the first involvement no. in lighting? No, as you know, my college degree was accounting. Okay, because easy for me to do that. Because remember, I come here, I know a little bit English, but you know, I don't think I can be an attorney because my English must be good. So easy way to do is, what's the profession here is good with the math? Accounting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I have to do, do the math. That's why I call accounting as my major. But... When I reached the end of my, uh, not end, and, uh, and approach my graduation, I find out the computer programming making lots of money. So I got a job in the school, in the Cleveland State University, in a computer room. So I took lots of computer course. I, do, I just work a part-time 20 hours in a computer room. And then met over there. Uh, because I don't know if I... Uh, uh, we back, we using punch car, like a stack of punch car like that. There's card readers. Then you write your program, you punch each card, they stack them up. Okay. My wife at that time was come back from Kent State, was, uh, was trying to get a master's degree. And she was in the computer room. One day, the stack car incidentally dropped on the floor. And she has to put everything back again. 
God, it was like, obviously, I took advantage of that. I helped her <laughs> put all the cards together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so because That's how you that, met your wife? That's how you met your wife? Yes. Yes. In okay. the computer room, okay. in the school. Because of that, actually, my computer programming skill, let's say, almost as good as my accounting skill. So after graduation, my first job was a programmer, not accountant. Hmm. Because I find out, like I said earlier, I could make more money as a programming. Not just that, I didn't end up being in-house. At that time, the first time come out is called a contracting. So I joined a contracting a software firm. Mm. So I was being told I can make more money. So at that time, I, I think I take a cut for 60% of what I made that the firm uh, like took 40%. Mm. I did that for a few years, four or five years. And then, as I told you guys, I find this opportunity and uh, that was it. Start with <laughs> MR16. Then we engage with the uh, uh, compact fluorescent. We got a major break. If you guys remember, I thought say the 2000, 1999, 1998, California had a major blackout. That become a huge utility program. We're kicking. That become our huge break at that time. Instantly, it become overnight. It we just couldn't make enough. It just no matter how many we made not enough. And now how did you have a connection in, in China to make the MR16? Was it somebody you grew up with or how did you, cause you lived in America now for seven, eight years at this point. How did you go back no. to that? Oh, no, 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 no. That's what I say. Life is so strange. So after those friends helped me. Okay. And basically then my brother Solomon at that time was in another city. So we had a family meeting. And we said, what are, what are we going to do? My dad was also, also as you know, as entrepreneur, he, he said, and my mom said the same thing. Hey, kids, looks like this is an opportunity. Why don't you two brothers together? Let's give a shot, see what happens. So that was a gutsy move from Solomon's side. He quit his job, literally quit. At that time, it's unheard of quitting your jobs. He quit his jobs, moved back to Shanghai. In the meantime, through a friend of ours, in a in a, 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 a Shanghai suburb, that's the current TCP location right now. There is a little manufacturing like a mom's pop shop. Uh, we're doing extremely bad. So with the local government connection, they give to uh, uh, agree to give us the the buildings, the, the this and that, everything we need. Set up a small operation. Okay, so. Then we went through those 50-50. After 50-50, and then the U.S. friends helped me out to send all the equipments over there. Not just that, they also sent the technicians over to China to teach our people had no experience, nothing, zip, how to put MR-16 together. <laughs> Later, that guy uh, married a Chinese lady. I know we lost the contact. I think, you know, they are, they are doing absolutely great. So, nothing. <laughs> Isn't that strange wow. in life? <laughs> nothing. 
Wow. Was your, uh, so your, I know your brother's involved. Was, was your dad involved in the business other than helping you oh, guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he passed away. He was very nosy. Oh, of course. He thought he knew more <laughs> than we do. Okay. So <laughs> he was very, very nosy. <laughs> do this, do that. <laughs> I, he was, he is, he, my, my dad, I, I really, I shouldn't say learned, I inherited. My dad is kind of person. I don't know how to describe that. Uh, uh, he can put two things together. Uh, those two things are absolutely non-related. Absolutely non-related. And he was making those outrageous comments say, hey guys, what you think about if you put those two things together will end up something else, maybe opportunity. And we're looking at him, you're nuts, okay? But later we find out he was right. He has that kind of things in his mind, you know what I mean? You can call that entrepreneurship, this and that. But that time we were young, we thought he was, he was crazy. <laughs> but that's what we learned. I think I inherited lots of that. So sometimes when I come to the office, I talk to people. People look at me and say, you didn't have a good sleep last night, right? But otherwise you behave kind of weird. <laughs> because I express my thoughts, people thought, wait a minute, it's impossible. But when you dig into deeper and deeper, if you put all the things together, you find out it's possible. So, really, I'm not kidding here, guys. We come from absolutely nothing, not just nothing with the money side, also nothing with the knowledge side. People ask me, how did you get into lighting? You know, sometimes I didn't know how to answer that question because people <laughs> usually think because your technical training, because you work in a lighting company, none of above. That's how we started. And then it was called, <laughs> you said the, the China Economic Exchange? That what Correct. It was? Yes. And then so that you did that for several years. Was it primarily lighting or what other items were you working on with that? All lighting. Everything All lighting. with the lighting. Then after a couple of years, after that was early stage. Okay. <clears throat> and then obviously when we engaged with uh, fluorescent tubes at that time was uh, uh, straight tubes, PLMs. Okay, we did a lot of PLMs, and we also associate with another company in the U.S. in Holland, Michigan. Uh, that I would consider them as a pioneer of that. We made lots of uh, magnetic uh, uh, balance. <laughs> old days, very old, old days. We make all those guys. So one day, I was being told uh, this spiral version of the CFL is the one. I saw one sample. I never thought uh, that could be the future, but I kind of out of curiosity, I'm start chasing this technology. I went to everywhere. I only saw the samples. I never saw how it's being made. I went to Taiwan. I went to Europe. Actually, this technology come from a uh, 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 Eastern European country, the spiral version. Okay. So I spent like a couple, I would say about a year and a year and a half. I couldn't find out who was making this. And everybody was talking about it. There was no real products out there. And obviously it popped a little bit here and there. I pretty much gave up. Oh my God, this is really interesting. One day I got a phone call from my brother, Solomon. Solomon said, Alice, you better come home right now. I said, what do you mean? He's a very dear friend of you. 
founded, where was being made in China. Not just that, he bought that business, and he moved to move the entire operation to Shanghai next to us. He wants you to come back quickly, so he can help you and you can help him together to develop this business. I'm not kidding. I jump what, on the airplane. What year right was away. this? What year was this? Don't remember. Ninety. Don't remember. I have to think back. Ninety-two, early, early ninety. Ninety-two, ninety-three, yeah. something like that. Because you would then, you would then go on to sell billions of those. Correct. Ninety-one, ninety-two. And uh, it, it, it was very interesting. I, I went there, huh? and uh, the, 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 the next day, uh, we went to his operation. Oh, my God, the entire building was locked up. I, I thought, what, what are you guys doing here? The big locks on the door, everything. So they opened up, I walked inside, and I shopped. There's a building full of people over there, stuff on the first floor, bending glasses manually. All the way to the third floor, finish the tube. Unbelievable. It's so, I would say by today's standards, so primitive how they put the whole thing together. At that time, I had a doubt. I look at this entire process. I say to myself, how can they be succeed? Because it's so primitive. How do you control the quality? As you guys know, all the a uh, 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 TA tubes or the, 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 the PO lamps based on the size of the diameter of the size inside. That's how you control the current. When you deform a piece of glass and put them back together, it's impossible to control it. Okay? So that was one side. But I didn't stop there. I said, you know what? Let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. But it took us a couple of years to finalize because the first time I saw the stuff was very primitive. Very, very, very primitive. It took us years to kind of formalize, understand. Then another luck coming, which is I was introduced to Home Depot. On the one of their shows, we literally look at that. And I remember the comment I was making because the people were very interested in just spiral eyeballs. And I make stupid comment like that. You will laugh about this. You know what? I said, this could be by marketing the people's love that could be the most products. But let me tell you guys this. From an engineering point of view, point of view this is the worst product. And everybody looked at me say. What? I said, yeah, it is the worst product. Okay, because of being put together, because when you, like I said, we deform, because every glass is handmade. You literally burn the glass, stretch it, and put it back again. How can you control the quality? It's almost impossible. I don't know if you guys ever knew how they put together. They have a piece of a glass. They have a stove in the middle. They burn it. Mm -hmm. Okay, then they have a, a piece of the uh, 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 a tube, okay, blow in it. their mouth, okay, they put it on both sides of the glass, then blow the air into it, otherwise the glass is going to collapse. 
I was I was told that I was told so we actually went to one of your factories in China in 2014. Um, Uh Mrs. Wang was the factory manager. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, when I was there with her, I was talking about the, and she said to me that you you think this like how many people were there and they're working? There was like so many people working in this factory, six thousand, I think it was, or something. Yeah. And, the, and like I said, there's so many people here. And she said, you should have seen this uh, compact fluorescent manufacturing was even crazier. The processes of compact, compact fluorescent manufacturing was way, wow. way, way, way uh, dirtier than LED. It was dirtier. It was more, sure. um, uh, just the processes were uh, a lot crazier than anything you would have seen with LED. The process of right. manufacturing CFLs. So, this is the product. The spiral products is completely reversed, in my opinion. Is not because this is the best advanced product. End up is become the best best marketing product. Because of that, force people from manufacturing point of view to improve and perfect the process. Is that weird? Yeah. Force it. So we start with, like you say, 6,000 people all the way to, unfortunately, you didn't have a chance to see it before the whole thing was shut down, the OED takeover. We have 5,000 machines. Not people anymore. Machines. So was, all, all the classes are banned by machines. Completely automated. Uh, from to the, end. the The guy who, who started there, the company that started making this, did you end up partnering with them, buying them out? How did that work out? Or are no, they still separate? He, he actually helped me out and he literally gave me whatever I want. But he's kind of very local guy. He's like, a, he, he, how do I describe that guy? He's like a little Buddha, you know, type of Chinese, very nice to me. Uh, they call him a, a bigger Buddha. They call me little Buddha. Okay. So the Buddha guy just, just move on. He didn't stick, he just moved on to other things. So. Really? And he never had a patent on it or anything like that, or trademark the, the design, anything? No, the reason for that was this. Number one, patent, this and that, was not that sensitive at that time. So when people realize the patent issues already passed the time because products are already available massively in the market, hmm. okay? Uh, including us in the States, really didn't know how to do the patents, this and that. Uh, believe it or not, at that time, all we were doing is making and making and making. It was very, very difficult. I tell you guys, uh, uh, you, you mentioned, Mike, you mentioned 6,000 people. I don't know when, what time you went there. Can you imagine during the summertime? Oh, my God. All the guys with the, no shirt sweating. Oh, God. It was, <laughs> it was very, very difficult to make those things. Do you have any idea how many spiral compact fluorescence TCP is sold? 3.5, more than 3.5 billion. <laughs> That's crazy. 3.5 billion. Wow. Uh, 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 at that time, the, 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 at that time, uh, the, the peak peak time we have, we, we did a calculation. We do 24 hours, every half hour, one container. Every half hour, one container. So that's oh. how many. It's ridiculous. It was to a point like a ridiculous point. So... So did did you you formed TCP in in ninety three? Was it? Uh, I know. 
So was that it, was yeah. start with that. So the 1993, we pretty much Solomon and I formulating the way we are going to manage this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we basically saying, okay, we have manufacturing base on one side. Then we have the uh, 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 U.S. so-called uh, uh, marketing sales, and also we we'll put the initial engineering here because direct to the market. So that's why we formed TCP in the USA in 1993. Okay, okay. that was the overall setup. That's how we're moving forward in that fashion. All right. So now I want to ask you. Okay. So Uh-oh. the way the way you tell the story. <laughs> So I, I think a lot of people seem like a, there's something about LED technology that was it was it was disruptive, but I think that um, that actually CFL saved more energy than LED because in terms of like from from a 60 watt incandescent to 13 watt CFL, right? Right. That, that was a that was a bigger jump, right? So yes. the re- the revolution in energy savings kind of the, the biggest one was probably CFL. That was probably a bigger revolution. Yes. And it Oh, seemed, you're talking about savings. Yeah, Absolutely. percentage. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't think people realize that. Like LED, no. the, this like high efficiency fluorescent saved more energy than LED did. Correct. Like T5, high bay T5s, big. replacing metal halides. Um, T8s replacing T12s and CFLs replacing incandescents was probably yes. a higher impact energy revolution than LED was. Correct. The and you had it all is... to yourself. Correct. <laughs> Sawed off. Not 100%. I know that laugh. You had it all to yourself. Yeah, one, 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 uh, way back to 2007 or 2008. I don't, I don't remember which year. Uh, you, also, you know, it's, 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 uh, you, you got to have a couple, uh, uh, lucks here. Number one is California breakout, uh, 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 the blackout. Number two is Home Depot engage with this, uh, a campaign to switch to the, uh, 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 CFL side. If, if people do not support you, Okay, if people do not support, uh, did not support us, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, and uh, uh, and the uh, number three was either two thousand seven or two thousand eight. I don't remember where, uh, which could be earlier than that. Also, Walmart started a campaign called one million, uh, a one hundred million CFLs a campaign. Okay, and uh, we are the one behind that movement. We literally accomplished. 100 million that year. Uh, about two to three months ago, over two to three months, oh, no, 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 more than that, before the virus, uh, Walmart had a meeting. Uh, actually, they have a round table talk with the top management. I was invited into that. And uh, the, the uh, uh, current CF, uh, CEO of Walmart, actually, he was in uh, a, a Sam's Club at that time. And, and we would talk about that. He still remembered. He's mm-hmm. oh my goodness, Allison, that was a 100 million CFLs campaign. So, Mike, to answer your question, uh, uh, without people's support to really set up the direction and force it with the marketing program behind this, mm-hmm. no matter what I try to do, it won't happen. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the but you were still way- you were still sitting on the nose cone of the rocket when it launched. Like you were <laughs> you were sitting right in the right place at the right time. Like you had the thing Correct. set together. I'm talking like politics, economics, energy, focus on energy reduction, everything. Like you just you saw the seam open and you blasted right through the seam with your brother. Correct. Correct. Let me tell you this. After my old friend, the 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 big Buddha fading away, we perfected things, everything together. And then, then one of the trip I remember, my brother Solomon said, Alice, so what do you want to do? I said, make a big move. I said, what do you mean? I said, get a much bigger piece of land. I'm not kidding here. So we got a piece of land. And uh, we were standing there. And uh, he looked at me. He said, are you serious about this? I said, yes. He said, what do you want me to do? I said, build as many buildings on that land as possible. He said, but you don't have the business right now. This is a true story. I don't know what I was thinking. I just look at him. I was a little bit upset. I said, Solomon, just do it. <laughs> just do it. That was it. And I was always appreciate, you know what I mean? Even he's my brother. I bet you at that time he thinks, Alice, you must be out of your mind. What if we pay the money for the land, we put the buildings up, then you, you won't have the business. Then what? So I, I would say, you are right, but you know what? I think I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky. What if it didn't go that direction, right? What if? So I'm Yeah, but I mean, it. yeah, but I, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, you, you, there's a sense in which one carves their own destiny out and there's a sense in which the destiny carves you. I mean, correct. You can look at it both ways. Um, yeah. You know, you probably should look at it both ways. Actually, is probably the healthiest way to do it. Looking right. back now on on the on the career, and I, you know, what I, I just before I wrote this down, Greg keeps changing everything back to lighting, and I don't want to talk <laughs> about lighting that much, but he keeps doing it. But I wanted to. I, I take issue with this. I've spoken to many Chinese people. And they always say that everything started so slowly, okay? And I, I look at them and I say, are you crazy? Slowly? Shenzhen started, what, 400,000 people. In 40 years, it has 13.8 million people living in that city. It has GDP growth of 40% every year continuously for 40 years. Nothing happened slowly in China from 1979 till today. Everything Correct. happened in warp speed, actually. It may right. have seemed like it was slow to you at the time, but that is the, the, China from 1979 till today is the greatest economic miracle. There's nothing in the world that even can come close to comparing to it. There's nothing in the world that can come close to comparing to what happened, especially in Shenzhen, that area across from, well, you know what I'm talking about, but the <laughs> listeners, right across from Hong Kong. Where all the Taiwanese guys, they let them all back in again to that area to build stuff. That was the fastest, most craziest economic miracle in the history of mankind. There's nothing like it. And there'll probably be never th- anything like it again. So when you say slowly, I, I, you're 100% wrong. It happened in warp speed. Warp speed. I I I I I know. Yes, I I, I agree hundred percent with you. when I say slowly was at the early stage. Mm. 
before they realize it. Okay. After they realize, uh, there's always doesn't matter you look at every system has a good side and ugly side. Okay. Mm. Some people like this. Some people don't like that. Uh, if you look at economical growth in a pure capitalism thinking, you have to think about the paybacks, the money you put in, how you get the money out, what's the investment uh, return on investments, all of those things, right? But China has advantage of watching the world grow for the last 30 to 50 years. They pretty much knew at that time what will work, what doesn't work. You know what I mean? For the Western countries, for the last hundred years, start from industrial revolution, people didn't know anything. They just tried, figured out, then move on, try, move on, try, move on. But all those experiences, hundred years later, uh, some people look at that, learn from that. That's one thing. So pretty much it sets up the direction. What is the definition for economic growth? Basically, by today's, we know, we know investments, what we need to do, blah, blah, blah. Based on that, then, a, I shouldn't use that word, but I'm going to do it. A, 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 a country with the one party, that's a communist party. Now, they have the power to set up the direction, say, go. They don't look at that detail in terms of the return on investments, this and that. So the entire country has uh, the resources, money behind it. Okay. So if you take a sentence example, the moment the government went through some thinking, detail planning, sets up the direction, this is the way we want a city will look like. Okay. Let's they even pick another city from U.S. or from Europe. Say, we'll look like that. We want to have a certain industrial like that. We'll have a certain mixing of people like that. So they pre-design a city. Then they say, go. Now. Now it's fast. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's you know what? You know what? opposite side. I think it's Margaret... Margaret Wong called it. I asked you about the rule of law. Margaret Wong called it the rule of China, which was an interesting, an interesting way to look at it. So when when we were talking about it in the live stream we did for the Nailed Convention, what Anthony was describing would be what Westerners would call corruption. Okay, Westerners would call what happened between his company and local officials. They would call that corruption. In China, it may not be considered corruption because. We don't understand how the Chinese system actually works. Your business partner at China Economic Exchange was the state. And what, what you were saying to me, and if this is correct, what, what, what um, Americans and Canadians would consider corruption is how business works in China. And it actually works pretty good in a way that uh, businesses and the, and the local governments and those officials are, con are almost like business partners in a way. And so if a local mayor is profiting off a business deal, it's just the way it works. You said it. Right? It's like it's not a matter of China is corrupt and America isn't. It's that China does it this way, and America calls that corruption. But in China, it's not corruption. It's the rule of China. That, that's that's another way to describe this. You need to oil the machine. You need to oil <laughs> 
<laughs> See, but you're describing it. It sounds like corruption, but from when Ant- I, we were talking no, to no, Anthony. No, I said it, babe. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, just oil. No, no, you said it, Mike. I didn't it. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so where are we going? So I, I think I think we've 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 covered how the emergence of TCP and how you know a combination of hard work and smart thinking and luck kind of came together for you, Ellis, to make a wonder what is really a fascinating and wonderful life and career in the lighting business. And I think people have way underestimated the impact of CFLs and linear fluorescent, linear high efficiency, linear fluorescent technology, and that people that really knew the energy revolution knew how important those technologies were to get where we are. Where are we going from here now with, with LED and, and the future, Ellis? I think LED, one thing I always being asked, your people being asked too, is, is this the bottom? Okay. People always look at cost, cost, cost. I believe LED technology today reach so-called the bottom in terms of the cost. Mm-hmm. I believe today because we package our only LED chips, so so we know exactly the wafers cost was manufacturing. Uh, uh, I I think today I, I would say I look at different ways. I believe today in terms of the cost efficiency. Yes, do we have some room in it? Yes. Okay. So if you look at LED, you only look at LED as a light source, okay? Don't look at LED as a lighting device because lighting device and the light source are two different things, mm-hmm. okay? People can, 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 can very creatively design a lighting device just happen using LED as a light source. So for that reason, I think we should look into more and more, for instance, TCP today of heavily engaged with the uh, uh, control system, this and that. And we are fully engaged, we call designing now. Because light source is one thing. Until one day, I haven't seen that yet, there's another type of the light source beyond LED. Then there's something else. But let's not worry about that. Let's more focus more variety of the type of the design on the lighting devices side. We start from regular light bulb, different shape of light bulbs, di- different functionality of the light bulbs, all the way to our fixtures. However, as you know, we engage with the chip side. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is what we call the next generation of the LED, which for instance, we are teamed up with the so semiconductor, those big guys, to do the what we call the uh, uh, sunlight type, so-called CI97 and uh, 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 and uh, no blue peak. We, we are producing healthy light source to make into the lighting devices. You see what I mean? That's mm-hmm. how we see it. So, so I think for everyday lighting, I think we'll stay that way for a while. But I think our imagination should be beyond that. So let's, because again, if you do not see a next light source will be available next 10 years, then you don't worry, don't spend your time to, 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 to frustrate yourself on that side. Then you look at two things. Do we have any rooms on the current technology on LED? Yes. For instance, the sunlight, the CI-97, we call the statistic, no blue peak. I think we did a couple of jobs in Cleveland, Ohio with the schools 
oh, school people love the TA tubes or the panels with a CI 97 no, no blue peak because they come kids stompers and that we do the special deals in the assisting livings because we're able to bring the sunlight inside. You see what I mean? So that's how we see is a direction. But the other direction is to design more different variety of the lighting devices based on what we have right now. But as a basic LED lighting, I hate to say, we'll stay that way for a while. As a basic. We wanted to have a debate and we couldn't find anybody to take the other side of the ba debate. And the debate was going to be called uh, modular uh, LEDs versus purpose-built or purpose-built LEDs, okay? And was going to be a debate between, you know, whether you should use T8 LEDs and this sort of stuff or whether you should build the LEDs into the fixture. And um, that's my question. Before I release that question to you, um, I want to make a comment. I find a lot of lighting designers and people that don't supply, resupply lighting to customers. So we, Greg and I would resupply lights to customers. The lights burn out. We send them new bulbs. Okay. They have a lot of contempt for the T8 LED tube or the A19 LED bulb. They have contempt for it. They think, why would people use the old shapes of fluorescent and put LEDs in them? I think, first of all, the fact that the form factors of T8 were set and T5 were set, it had to be inside this parameters, four feet long, inch thick, round. This actually hyperspeeded the innovation, the fact that, that the form factors were set. That's the first thing. The second thing is, do you think it's better for the industry to concentrate on replaceable modular sources with the fixture, like you say, and the source being two separate things? Or should the, the, the light fixture be disposable after it burns out? Like, what's your, what's your personal? I know, I know that TCP makes both. Um, <laughs> what's, your, what's your personal opinion on that? Okay, personal opinion is very simple, in my opinion, is I cannot stop people continue to keep the habit. I cannot stop people to continue to using the fixture they love. I cannot stop that. Okay, it's a personal preference. For instance, if you go to Las Vegas, Las Vegas has uh, so many beautiful fixtures over there. There's no way they're going to change that. There's no way even a new design of the <laughs> a fixture have that kind of such a classic look with the we call integrated unit. No, because it takes the position of the LED inside the fixture, make the fixture look beautiful. Unfortunately, at this point, it's a light bulb. But you have to give them the best light bulb with a 360 degree, with a same breast finish to, to kind of fit into it. The other side, like I said, you have to use imagination because I truly believe 30 years from now, maybe T-Lets will go away because there's no need for that. I'm sorry, okay? It doesn't matter how stubborn the old concept is. Eventually, will go away. Because using your imagination, we're using a different design of the fixture out there, okay? With the how we're able to lay the LED out in a different fashion, give you different results, we really deliver you different concept of the lighting. 
So I believe doesn't matter how stubborn you are today on the old fashioned, the old habit, eventually this habit will change. That's why we as a business here, we have to take care of both sides. We continue to, we push, we think what's the best concept of LED lighting. But we're not going to tell people, oh, by the way, don't using T lights, don't using T8s, uh, don't using the regular light bulbs. But to correct answer your question, eventually it's going to change. I'm not kidding here. I, but I'm not in the position to change people's behavior. The people's behavior will change by self. But two reasons. Number one, how good we are using our imagination to create a new type of the lighting devices while, while helping people go to that direction. So in that sense, we are the one who should make a tremendous effort to do that. But remember, old habit, very difficult to die. Ellis, thank you very much for sharing your life story, your surrounding the, before TCP and until now it was certainly very fascinating. I've been asking you about it for quite a while and I'm very grateful that you shared it with us. And thank you for starting TCP. What a wonderful company. And such a blessing it's been to to the world, really. So, and how much energy efficiency you have supplied to the world like is is really beyond comprehension, Greg. I would say so. Three point five billion light bulbs. I can't even do the math. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's a lot, but that's what Ellis is for. He's a math guy. <laughs> thank you, guys. Really appreciate. It. Thank, thank you. you invite me to join your show, and uh, thank you. Let me to share my life story. Thank you. Thank really you. appreciate it. Okay. Thank yep. you. Bye for now. Yeah, I know. TCPI.com. That's TCPI.com, Greg. Yeah, they've got their LED Q Soul lamps. And the chip matters. You know, as much as everybody says their LEDs are the same, these are very different than everybody else's. They're high CRI, and it's because of the chip that they put in it. 97 CRI, no one else that I've seen has that. It can come close to that. If you're looking for that lamp, that high CRI, which I've sold quite a few of them because no one else has it. And when you get that option, you can get into it. So check that out. Also know that he's still doing lunch and learns. He's still doing a lot of live shows. Anytime you need to hear Alice in person, try to coordinate that as well. And of course, TCP is a proud member, Greg, of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Man. Go to NAILD.org for more information. Um, and uh, yeah, you know what? Just love having Ellis in the business. <laughs> He's so refreshing. Oh, he is for sure. Always a good story to hear. And, and when you talk about his life, something that, you know, is lighting related, but not all lighting focused. It, it was awesome. Good to hear. Yeah, you really got to give, uh, like, you really got to enjoy that. It's, it's, I'm so, this industry has so much personality, Greg. There's so many great people in it. So much fun. Folks, if you made it this far, we're super grateful for you. Check out our sponsor TCP on this one. And if you're eligible, you should join mail. Bye for now. Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost, Lord is there to find you.